Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm very pleased to introduce you to my guest tonight, Corey O.V. Corey has been working with youth for over 20 years. She is the operations manager for Bright Futures for Youth, active in the California After School Network, and chair of the Youth and Family Subcommittee for the Continuum of Care. Corey, welcome to Sages Among Us. Thanks for having me, Lori. I'm happy to be here. We're really glad to have you here. And Corey, we love to hear about our guests' early years. So could you start with where you grew up? Certainly. So I was actually, I was not a California native. I was born in Arlington, Virginia. And then my parents moved here when I was like a year old. So I'm basically a California native, but I grew up in the Bay Area. And then my parents, most specifically my dad wanted a change. So we moved to Nevada County. It was like Nevada County or Arizona, I think. So we ended up moving to Nevada County. And of course, I was upset because it was right before high school. So I left everyone I'd known and came up here to Nevada County. And yet here I still am years later. So clearly it was not that bad of a move. Wow. So did you go to Nevada Union? I did go to Nevada Union. Oh, my. So you do have some history and some roots in this community. I do. Well, who were some of your role models as you grew up? So actually, I was trying to think about that. And honestly, I can say that. So when because I was growing up in the Bay Area, we ended up going to a Girl Scout camp in the Sierras somewhere, somewhere near here. And I just loved it there. It was like a 10 day sleepaway camp. My dad was staffed there, even though it was a Girl Scout camp. So funny. But I grew up there and the ladies there they were like second moms to me. And I just, I loved all of them. I'm still connected with a few of them. So really, they were my role models. So what are some of the lessons you learned from oh, that job and maybe other early jobs? They just, they, they taught me how to just be present for youth, be present for kids. I mean, I was a kid that didn't always feel listened to and supported. And so when, but whenever I went to camp, none of that mattered. Those women were just always there for me. They, they made a difference in my life. And that was really those lessons that I learned is just being there for youth, being that important person is so beneficial for the child involved. So what were some of your other jobs? We're going to talk about the job you have now later, but what were some of your other jobs? So yeah, camp counselor at that job was definitely one of my first jobs. I was a babysitter starting in the Bay Area when I was 12. That was always great. I made really good money in the Bay Area too. So people know how to pay babysitters. And then my first like real job, real job, you know, over the table was at McDonald's actually. Locally here. Locally here. Wow. Wow. And and so you you have been drawn though to uh, youth throughout your life. And, and what do you think uh, created that passion? I honestly have no idea. Some of my earliest memories, like from the time I was eight, I knew I wanted to be a mom. And then like when I was in high school, I did the PAL program. And so, you know, worked with youth in that capacity. I was a camp counselor through the camp that I went to first as like a counselor in training and then as a 
And so maybe that's it. It's those experiences at camp where I felt so accepted and loved. Like some of my best memories are at camp. So honestly, maybe that is what drew me to working with youth. I honestly don't know. (laughs) Well, I know you have a family. So you have a few kids and a husband and maybe some pets. (laughs) I have three children. I have a 15-year-old named Sam and a 12-year-old named Parker and a 9-year-old named Zoe. And I have a wonderful husband who has made it, you know, possible for me to do all the things I've done. And he actually works with me currently, so we share an office. And so we're together all the time. Wow, that really says something for a relationship that you can not only work together, but share an office. Wow. <laughs> Well, I know that you uh, went on to to get a college degree and then a master's. And did you do that while you were married with kids? I did. I did. How how do you do something like that? Um, A really supportive husband. But really, I am just outside of that. I am driven. Once I figured out my path, and I did, I came to it late. It took me a while to figure it out. But once I figured it out, I just... I just went for it and I just did it and, you know, couldn't have done it without my husband stepping in and helping. And then also my kids being understanding, uh, they were as understanding as children can be that like, no, mommy can't hang out with you. I'm doing work, you know, so. Because not only were you doing work for your college degrees and being a mom and I'm sure providing meals (laughs) and all the things moms do, but you were working full time, right? Yes, yes. (laughs) Wow. And you did get your master's after your college degree. I did. Yes. Undergraduate. That that just in, totally inspires me, Corey. And you're still smiling. I, I am. And I you actually, have no gray hairs. Yeah. Well, no, I do. I just cover them very well. I'll give you the name of my stylist. Um, no, and I'm, I loved it. I loved every second of it, which is hilarious because I actually hated school when I was younger. But college is a whole different ball game and the knowledge. Plus it was something I was really passionate about. So I really enjoyed every moment of it, even when I was like crying in a corner because I was so stressed. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that you didn't have a lot of me time at that, at that time. Well, um, currently, what is your work? I currently work for Bright Futures for Youth. I'm the operations manager. And then we like to joke that like there's a slash, you know, director of special programming in there. So... <laughs> That's what I do. So what needs to be, yeah, all that needs to be done, right? All that needs to be done. Yeah, I work on like the policy and, you know, really helping making sure that we have policies and procedures in place and supporting the associate director and doing, you know, safety and all of that fun stuff. I was the COVID, I've been, I still am the COVID person. So that's part of it. And so all that fun stuff. And I know many of our listeners probably do know what Bright Futures for Youth are, but there's probably plenty of people that do not know what it is. So what is this organization, Bright Futures for Youth? So Bright Futures for Youth is, so some people know what the Friendship Club is, which is an organization that was founded 25 years ago working with um, girls ages, you know, sixth grade to 12th grade. So you have, uh, you have Friendship Club and then you have NEO, which other people know what NEO is, New Events and Opportunities, founded by two local teenagers when they were 19, like 12 or 13 years ago. And they serve youth from sixth grade all the way up to like young adulthood. And so around, around the, right around the pandemic, NEO and Bright, uh, NEO and the Friendship Club merged to become Bright Futures for Youth. So that is what Bright Futures for Youth is. We are the Friendship Club and NEO and SAFE, actually, which is a new program they started in 2019 to serve the homeless youth in our community. 
Yeah, and so is that a big, um, is there a big population of homeless kids in the community? There is a big population. I don't think that we know the full extent yet because it is kind of when you are a homeless youth and especially if you're older in that transition age, you're not necessarily telling everyone that you're homeless or maybe you don't even realize you're considered homeless because you're couch surfing or you're doubled up living with someone. So I think that it's a larger population than people realize. But I also think that thanks to outreach and all of the agencies working together, it's becoming it's more noticeable than it used to be. Well, you are listening to Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I'm talking to Corey O.V., Operations Manager for Bright Futures for Youth. So, Corey, I know in your work, we were just talking about that you were drawn to, to help youth, but there's also uh, a passion around you, a term that, that I wasn't that familiar with called ACEs. And so what is, what is that? So ACEs are Adverse Childhood Experiences. And this is, came out of a great study from the woman who used to be California's um, Surgeon General. She just stepped down, unfortunately. But basically, it's, um, you know, it's stuff like incarceration of a parent or a parent's mental illness or domestic violence or abuse. Or there's a list of them. And the more ACEs a person experiences when they're younger, actually, the worse their health outcomes are in life. And that is looking at, you know, that's controlling for things like smoking and drinking and other bad choices. If you have experienced a high level of ACEs, you have a higher um, chance of having a heart attack or a stroke or being obese or, I mean, like the list goes on and on. And so it really came to light because it really is a public health issue. It causes our health rate, you know, our health insurance rates to skyrocket. It's just not good. So that's what ACEs are. And could you say that it's adverse? Adverse childhood experiences. Wow, that is so interesting. And, and that's a relatively new perspective. I would say 20 to 30 years, and it's really become a hot topic in the last, you know, 15 um, but there's still there's still education that needs to happen around it. It's especially because if you don't work with youth, you may have no idea what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So and really, it's everyone in a community should know what those are, because really, in a community, we should all be raising our youth like it's not shouldn't just be on the family. It's a lot to take on to raise a youth. And so if the family is struggling, the community can help. And so everyone should know what ACEs are. So yes, you're talking about, you know, how to help. Um, so if a child is, is experiencing all this, there is ways to balance it out. Is that what I'm hearing you say? There are ways. Yes. Um, they've found like one of the most influential things that you can ever do is if a youth has one supportive, safe adult growing up, just one, that can make a huge difference in their outcome. But outside of that, you know, we don't want to just look at, we don't want to fix things at the end. You know, it's like if all the people are falling in the river and we're pulling them out, okay, we're saving some of them, but it's taking a lot of time. We really want to go up the stream and fix the hole in the bridge. And so as a community, I mean, ACEs are caused because a family is struggling. Like no parent is out there being like, I'm going to beat my kid today. Like that's not what's happening. So as a community, we can support families so that they're not experiencing that stress and they don't end up accidentally causing ACEs or, you know, 
if a lot of it is just people don't have skills to handle things. So we can teach skills. So there's a lot of work um, with First Five. There's a lot of work with a lot of agencies that are doing great things, helping skill build and helping support families to help prevent ACEs. So that sounds like Bright Futures for Youth does a lot of collaboration. We do do a lot of collaboration and we do, we really, you know, we get the kiddos when they're in sixth grade and that's not, it's never too late. Thank goodness the brain is incredibly plastic. And again, you can give, you can counteract with support. You can counteract with positive experiences. You can counteract with relationships. Honestly, for human beings, relationships are everything. So we collaborate with a lot of other agencies and we we support our kiddos. We love them. We support them. We support their families. What kind of activities? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are there bright futures for youth? So, so it depends on, I mean, it's a, I would say it depends on the program, but I mean, there's the after school meetings and then there's Neo, you know, loves, of course, the pandemic slowed it down, but Neo is getting, you know, ramping back up. And so that's looking like concerts and, and events for youth, places for kids to hang out where they're wanted and they're valued. Um, there's lots of skill building workshops. There's lots of social emotional skills being built. There's arts and crafts and <laughs> um, trips and overnight field trips. And like Friendship Club spends all summer doing workshops. Like there's a camping workshop where they'll teach anyone who's interested how to camp and they take them all on a trip. And Neo goes like Neo's doing the great camp, which is a leadership skill building camp for middle schoolers and then they just do fun trips they do hikes uh, at my day camp we'll do everything from you know arts and crafts to science and math and technology and field trips in the pool so we just try to give them oh friendship club does you know college tours and i don't know we just try to give them any and every positive and good experience that they're interested in and how do kids uh, get connected? Do they choose this? Do their parents choose it? Do the teachers help connect them? How does that work? What's that piece like? So for the Friendship Club, it is a referral-based program. So um, anyone in any school and really any community member can go on our website and you can refer a girl or, you know, a youth who identifies as a girl. Really, it, they'll Anyone can come to the Friendship Club as long as they understand that the curriculum, it really is, it's a specific curriculum built for female-identifying youth. It's a group of female-identifying youth for the most part. So, you know, you have to be aware that that is, that's what that program is built for, but it is not, you know, if you want to go and experience it, um, we can get someone at your school to write a referral, easy on our website, you know, usually a big wait list. <laughs> especially as you get to the older grades and they're in little cohorts of their age group and they stay together the whole time. So six all the way to 12, then you're with the same group. So, so they those must girls get really close. Deep friendships. Yeah. Yes. And then Neo is open for anybody sixth grade and up. And you can just, um, once the youth center's up, you can just drop in right now. There are signups. Again, you can go to our website and find out about that. We're really excited about getting that youth center up and it'll happen eventually. And then SAFE program is referral based also, but anyone can refer a youth. You can be at a school, you can be a community member, you can be a parent. That's for our youth that are experiencing homelessness or who are 
at risk of experiencing homelessness. And then we have our day camp, which is for kids going into TK all the way through high school. It's a six week full day day camp and that you just go on our website and you can sign them up. There is a fee, but there's also we take SNCs and there are varying levels of scholarships. So we try to make it as accessible as possible to anyone who needs it. Well, that is quite uh, extensive programming that we have here in this community, which is wonderful. And in reading some of the material you sent me, you talked about expanded learning and how it helps alleviate alleviate issues. So that this is again a term that I can make up what I think it means, but what what exactly is expanded learning? So expanded learning is it's your before school, it's your after school, it's your summer programs, and really it is it's to keep youth engaged and safe and learning outside of the school hours. Because if you think about a typical school day and then a typical work day, they do not align. And especially as with inflation and costs continuing to rise, parents have to work more and more. Or if you have a single parent household, I mean, what choices do you have? You have to work. But if your kid's only in school for six hours, what are you going to do with them? And you could ask any police officer. There's been multiple studies done, you know, the hours between three and six or over the summer, you see a lot of this is when you start having issues with youth being in places that they're not supposed to be causing problems. And it's because parents are at work and they're out of school. So in expanded learning gives these youth safe places to be engaged, to skill build. It helps close achievement gaps. It gives them that one caring adult. For a lot of youth, you talk to them and their expanded learning program saved their life. A lot of them, you know, we like to grow our own in expanded learning. So you'll have someone who's in the program. They go through the program. They go off to college. They come back and they work in your program. I mean, Friendship Club director right now is a girl who went through the program, went to college, came back and she's now the Friendship Club director. So it's it stays with the kiddo. So expanded learning is is basically everything you were just sharing earlier about what you're doing. It's it is how this community and, and Bright Futures addresses expanded learning. Yes. And usually, I mean, a lot of times they are school-based. Schools can have expanded learning programs, um, but it just depends. There are communities that it's, it's nonprofits. It really just depends. But it's, it's, yeah, it's keeping your youth in your community engaged and safe so that they are a part of your community and they're not off causing problems. <laughs> Right. And and I know you had mentioned that it, it, it ultimately helps us deal with poverty, addiction, inequality by staying focused, as you said, upstream. Yeah. yeah it, yes. And it also, yeah, um, expanded learning programs are usually the best expanded, logo, expanded learning programs are often staffed with community members. So especially in communities with, you know, more color in them, your workers are going to look like your students and their families. And that's huge for you to be able to see those role models, people who look like them. So it does, it helps with inequality. It helps with poverty because it keeps parents working. It, I mean, there's just so many. And then those kids are getting so much they're being poured into, they're building their skills so that they can move on and become productive members of society, which is what we all want. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and today I'm talking to Corey Ovi, Operations Manager for Bright Futures for Youth. And Corey, as a community leader, um, what 
experiences and talents within yourself do you call on most as the operations manager of this important community organization? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, well, I, so we, we do like our top strengths at Bright Futures and like my top strength is strategic. I'm just a very strategic person, but I'm also part of that too, is I'm able to, I, I tend to see problems and solutions for problems before people even know there's a problem. So I'm always thinking, you know, 20 steps ahead. So that really helps me plan big projects and execute them and just keep moving forward. I'm also a dreamer. And I think I rely on that a lot too, because you could look at stuff going on in the world and the community and you could just get really down but I really enjoy just being like, well, here's a hole. What can we do to fill it? And I have to say, like, you know, Jennifer Litton Singer, she and I actually can't really get together in any, like, professional capacity because she and I will both just dream big and we don't stop each other. So (laughs) it can be a dangerous combination, but that's really just what I do is, hey, here's this hole. Let's do this to fix it. And so just I use my past experiences and my passion for expanded learning and my skills and just this is this could be better. What can we do to make it better? Well, I know you're also involved in some other leadership activities uh, in this area of your passion. So can you speak to uh, this California after school program? I can. So the California After School Network, it's actually part of the system of, it's a statewide system of support for expanded learning. And about three or four years ago, I went just, it was totally out of character for me, but I joined the site coordinator network. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, even though everything inside me was screaming, like, don't do it. You're not good enough. I just did it anyways. And I actually didn't talk for my first year there. I just like stayed and observed, but I like showed up every time. And so after that year, they were like, oh, hey, you should be on the leadership team. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, okay, even though again, I was like, no, I'm not good enough. And so through that leadership team, I have been given training on facilitation, I have been given training on how to speak up, even when it's hard. I have my voice has been heard, I have met the best people I've ever met in life. And I've just been given so many opportunities to speak to what we experience here in a rural area, because a lot of the funding and things that are passed are passed for urban areas. And so I'm then allowed to speak to like, oh, hey, in a rural area, this is what we experience. And I get to design workshops and I get to present to like people that are, you know, like district leaders. I have like direct connections to people at California Department of Education who work in expanded learning. And I get to inspire other site coordinators. And for me, that's huge. I get to help raise their voices. I get to tell them like you matter and what you have to say matters. And that has just been invaluable for me. Absolutely. And it does sound like it, it goes both ways then in your, your work that not only um, are you and the other leaders at Bright Futures for Youth providing that for the kids that come through to you, but you're also allowing yourself to enjoy that for yourself, that kind of leadership growth yes. opportunities. Yes. And there's another organization that you're involved in uh, around continuum of care. Could yes. And could you kind of speak to 
that and what continuum of care is. Yes. The continuum of care, every county has one, and it's really just looking at all of, you know, your community's homelessness issues. How are you addressing them? Making sure that everyone is working together and each, you know, continuum of care gets to decide what kind of com- like subcommittees they want. And we have a youth and family subcommittee that was formed, I want to say like three years ago. And I've been the chair for about a year. And that is just, we are really looking at specifically youth homelessness and family homelessness in Nevada County. So we, um, it's, you know, people from Bright Futures, people from the schools, people from YMCA, people, you know, anyone who touches homelessness, oh, probation department is there, the county is there. Anyone that touches youth homelessness or families homelessness, we all get together once a month and, you know, we're working on what should we spend funding on or, you know, how big is the problem? Like just trying to make sure that our systems are working together because youth homelessness is different than adult homelessness. And we don't really have a system to address youth homelessness in this county. So we look at how can we all work together and support these kiddos, especially at that transition age, because, you know, we have no housing for them. We have nowhere to put them. So we have to get creative and work together to support them. And so are there some creative solutions that have happened? There are, and I'm not going to speak to them right now because a lot of them are still in the works Mm -hmm. and they're really not my things to speak to, but we did do the first Nevada County homeless youth count and that was a really big deal. That was a really good step forward and it was a great, it was a great collaboration between the schools and the other agencies that work with homeless youth. And it was a great experience for everyone. And so we learned a lot and we're looking forward to being able to continue, continue that every year. And I love that I'm hearing more collaboration is continually coming up in our conversation. I love collaboration. It's like literally the best. I don't know why you would work alone. You should always collaborate. (laughs) Well, you are obviously have a very, very full family life and community life, but are there any other activities that that you either are involved in or enjoy as a family in this community? I'm like, we have a lot of kids, so we just, like, we spend, I mean, I just put in our garden, so that's going to be, like, that's taking some of my time. Actually, I just remembered I didn't water my plants this morning, so I hope they're still alive. And we just got paddle boards, so we like to go paddle boarding. I love hiking, so I drag my family out on hikes, but then, like, with the kids, I mean, like, the littlest just joined the swim team, and my middleest does volleyball and basketball and all the sports that she can and my oldest is involved in theater and goes to Godoti so there's you know lots of pick up and drop off and we're all over the county so we just spend a lot of time traveling all over the county together and the kids spend a lot of time in our office I gotta tell you (laughs) because Eric and I both work there so they live in our office and it sounds like a very healthy environment for kids to be in (laughs) As we get close to the end of this interview, I want to ask you, if you had the power to wave a magic wand to improve our community, what would you create or what problem would you solve? All right. I'm going to try to keep this short, but imagine like a drop-in center, but it's like a family center. So you have care 
for the youngers, like zero to five. And, you know, that's going to be first five or something. And then we have our expanded learning school age still on the same space. And then we have our expanded learning for our high schoolers. And then we have parent classes and we have, I don't know, we support community members and families from zero to parenting. Say you're a grandparent and you're parenting. You're still like, and it's all a one-stop shop and it's every agency in town and we're all just collaborating and there's seamless care between kids transferring from preschool to the school age program. Like it's just seamless and everyone knows everybody and everyone just hangs out and families help keep the center running and they're, they have a board and they decide what we do and they help us do um, maintenance. And I don't know. That's I could go on for days for that because I've actually sketched out a plan. But <laughs> well, and I think that's what you were just talking about is that uh, you you do dream big. I do. But I love that you also <laughs> are focused on strategy. So I do believe that you can make this happen in a collaborative environment. Well, we've been talking to Corey Ovi, operations manager for Bright Futures for Youth tonight. And I want to thank you, Corey, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always nice. Like, I still am always surprised when people want to hear my voice. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of our community. Discover how you can make a difference by tuning in on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Next week, your host will be Holly Gribaldi Flores, interviewing Peter Stack from Partners in Care. Thank you, Ralph Henson, for being our engineer and podcaster for this show. You've been listening to the Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for everything that you do to make our community great.